Hey there, friends. It's Nick. So I'm recording this on Sunday, the 18th of September, which is the day before the Queen is going to be buried, the day before the funeral. And I want to talk about, not about the Queen, but about Westminster Hall. If you've caught any of the the sort of coverage over the past two or three days, you'll have seen perhaps the crowds of people waiting, some, sometimes up for 24 hours, amazingly, um, to get into Westminster Hall where the Queen has been lying in state. And you might have seen the Vigil of the Princes, um, where the, uh, the kids and the grandkids have, have come in and stood guard, uh, as it were, over the, the coffin. And that hall, Westminster Hall, is one of the places in, in the UK where history kind of comes alive a bit, because it might not look it, because it looks like a, a fairly straightforward space, certainly by today's standards, but it... It might help to understand that hall is almost a thousand years old. It was built in, uh, I think between 1097 and 1099, extraordinarily. And it was built by William Rufus. Well, William was actually the son of William the Conqueror. He was William the second. And he was called Rufus because he had this shaggy red hair, I think. And actually he himself was killed in 1100 AD. So just, just two or three years after he'd started this hall. And the thing about the hall was, it was really there as a symbol of his power and authority and control. And, and back then it was by far, by far the biggest hall in, in England and probably in, in Europe. I mean, it was huge by, by standards of a thousand years ago, 17,000 square feet, which if you, <laughs> uh, yeah, if you're English is like the, 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 it was the length of like six cricket pitches or something ridiculous. Um, and it was actually too big to be practical. I mean, in those days, you know, this is, this is part of the palace of Westminster. So, you know, Big Ben and the Houses of Parliament, you know, originally, all that was all the palace of Westminster because it was where it was the London residence of some of the kings. So, for example, um, you know, King John lived there you know, a couple, you know, a hundred years later, he was living there, for example. And it was just a place where the monarchs were in London, even though, you know, at the time we're talking about right now, the kind of 1100 sort of AD sort of time when Rufus is, is, is building this, the sort of the center of power, the, the exchequer is in Winchester, which is, you know, a couple of miles up the road from me. And actually Rufus is killed. Uh, did I say this? He was killed in 1100 AD. In a freak hunting accident, he was shot with a bow and arrow by a guy called Sir Walter Tyrrell, who immediately fled to France. And we still don't know whether he did it on purpose. He, I think the claim is that an arrow glanced off a tree during a hunting trip in the New Forest. The New Forest, again, very near where I live, was one of the kind of the hunting kind of parks, along with something like the, the Windsor Estate, Windsor Great Park, that uh, the original William, William the Conqueror, had had created these amazing hunting kind of grounds. You know, in fact, if you've been watching House of the Dragon, which is the new spin-off from Game of Thrones, you might have seen that for one of the in one of the episodes, they go off they go off hunting to this this forest. And you know, that that kind of idea is based on what was happening in the UK at the time. The creation, the intentional creation of these places where you could go and, you know, hunt your um your stags or your boars or whatever. Anyway, so going back to this hall, just a couple of, couple of years, really, a year or so after 
William Rufus had finished this extraordinary place, he was killed. But what you've got is this, this hall being the centre of some really interesting historical events that we, you know, we're almost kind of mixing history and mythology. So, for example, kings, a lot of kings have been coronated in this hall, the first one being Richard the Lionheart, who, of course, is the good king in, um, in Robin Hood. Uh, you've got uh, William Wallace, Braveheart, if you've seen the movie Braveheart, which, of course, is very fictionalised because we're talking about something that happened, what, when was Braveheart? In 1300 or so? And I think the, the Westminster was held, um, the Westminster Hall was where William Wallace was tried for his, his crimes against uh, the English government. Of course, he claimed that he'd never sworn allegiance to the king, which I think is probably a claim that would stand up. But, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the trials that happened in this place, really the result, the verdict was a foregone conclusion. So it was trials, but it was also things like coronations, as I've said, and, and even queen consorts were coronated there. Anne Boleyn in 1533. <laughs> She was uh, coronated in the hall and there was a banquet. And later on, four of the five men accused of committing adultery with Anne Boleyn, which is obviously the excuse to having her, for having her beheaded, that uh, they were also tried there. In 1606, a man you'll recognise by the name of Guido Fawkes was tried there along with his co-conspirators. And of course, eventually brutally um, tortured and executed facing the Houses of Parliament, facing the building that he'd, he'd tried to destroy. And then, of course, you also get the lying in state, which has been happening for a while for monarchs. And, and also Winston Churchill in 1965, I believe he lay, he had his laying in state also in this extraordinary place. So there's no business, uh, aspect to this other than the fact that well just the normal the normal thing I suppose that that when we can connect things to other things they become more memorable they become more meaningful and of course that's what we're trying to do in storytelling you know in this little whatever six minute uh six minute podcast We've given that building more resonance, haven't we? We've given it more, more hooks into our brain. You know, we've talked about William the Conqueror. We've talked about Guido Fawkes. We've talked about Richard the Lionheart and Anne Boleyn, which leads you, of course, to Henry VIII and all of that stuff. Winston Churchill, you know, and it, and it gives you more of a sense. You know, when, when the princes and when the grandchildren yesterday were standing, standing their own guard, with people who'd been in a queue for more than 24 hours, for miles and miles and miles through the night. You know, that place, when you look at it on the TV cameras, it looks like a very kind of clean, sort of ordered environment. But then you go back a thousand years where, you know, they're roasting hogs and there are hawkers with their wares. And this was a place designed to impress power and authority and all of that kind of stuff. And it gives you that sense of context and it's why when we're telling stories it you know it can be so useful to do some stuff around the edges that 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 deepens the sense of connection that deepens the sense of sort of meaning in any case thanks for listening remember that your story means business and if you want to dig deeper into the stuff that i do search online for story.business bye now